Reverend Harry Bridge. And I'm Dr. Scott Mitchell, and this is the Dharma Realm Podcast. And we are coming to you from the Kodo at the Jodo Shinshu Center in Berkeley, California. This is the Dharma Realm Podcast for February 6, 2009, in which we respond to some listener questions and talk about our experiences and initial encounters with Buddhism. Okay, so we are back, supposedly, after a very long break, and we have some questions from one of Harry's, uh, is it one of your temple members? Uh, Someone related to the temple, yeah. Um, And so one of the questions has to do with something that that one of us may have said at some point in the past. (laughs) It's hard to keep track. Yeah, Um, it's all a blur. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is that that one of us us probably said that um, Buddhism works for us, and so the question is, um, what does that mean? And how does it, what does it mean that the Buddhism works for us, which, um, makes us feel like the question is, you know, why did we come to Buddhism mm-hmm. as our own personal, uh, paths of practice? Mm-hmm. And so we thought we'd take this opportunity to sort of reintroduce ourselves to our loyal listeners, um, in the hopes of something. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see where it goes from there too. Uh, we're not going to necessarily restrict ourselves to just that, but yeah. Okay. So, I think I was the one who said it, although I don't remember saying it. Yeah, uh, we've recorded a lot. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah, both yeah. teach, so I, I often feel like people will say something to me like, "You said this thing one time," and I'll be like, "Really? I, I said that." <laughs> Especially the further away it gets, huh? right? So we'll, we'll we'll take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't raised Buddhist. Um, I didn't uh, have any awareness or interest in Buddhism. Until college, really. And actually, in high school, we went to a Zen temple for a class, and it was just, whatever. Yeah, I went. I didn't hate it, but I, didn't, I wasn't into it either, and it was kind of just forgotten. And uh, I didn't, that, that was the first time maybe that I came into direct contact with Buddhism, but that wasn't the time that I got really interested in it. And it wasn't until college uh, that I heard a Dharma talk. And you grew up in Japan. Yeah, I spent six years there, the um, junior high and high school. Which just goes to show how much you can you can live in Japan all you want and never have to come into contact with Buddhism at all. Uh, it's very um, compartmentalized, I think, for for the uh, majority of the population. Yeah, and so as uh, you know, people living there, and because uh, my dad was working there, uh, we just never came into contact with it. Yeah. So, did your parents have any sort of religious leanings? It's a question I get asked very oh, often. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. My dad is just. Um, nominal christian that's how i think of it and um we never went to church as a kid uh or maybe we went once or twice maybe for a wedding or something but just christianity and religion although you know nominally we're a christian but uh in name only right and there was no practice whatsoever although my mother uh, was seventh day adventist Hmm. and that's how she uh encountered uh or she was able to go and become a nurse the Seventh-day Adventists are big in uh, medicine. And uh, so she met some when she was in high school and then went to Tokyo to go to Seventh-day Adventist uh, nursing college. Mm. Uh, and that's how, she, that's how she met my dad. Uh, but I think when we moved back to the States, there weren't, um, she didn't join a community or anything like that. So it wasn't, I think, you know, 
she was kind of um, distant from it. Yeah, although I remember, you know, it popped up every now and again, but yeah. So you so, were heathens. Yeah, basically, just <laughs> a-religious right, is how right. I kind of think of it. Just um, probably the most I got was Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown or something, right? Where I watching that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But watching it again is very Christian. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right? huge. Yeah, um, and I didn't realize that. I didn't remember that until college and watching it in college or after and then thinking, oh, my gosh, I had no idea this was so Christian. Yeah, it's not only like Christian, yeah. but it's very, like fiercely anti-consumerist. Yeah, 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 which it's is really interesting, too. Interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I just randomly happened to go to visit my friend in California and his parents were Jodo Shinshu BCA. And I got invited to a, a memorial service, uh, for my friend's grandfather. So your first BCA experience was a memorial service? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And, um, his mom said, you want to go to his your, um, grandfather's memorial service? And I was like, in my head, I think I was kind of thinking, not really. I had no idea, right? But I was like, okay. Uh, so we went, and the, my most vivid memory is um, people going up to Oshoko, and uh, his mom saying, go up, go up. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was really uncomfortable. I did not want to go up and do it because I had no idea what it was about, mm-hmm. you know, what was going on. Uh, but the thing that I did come out with it was it was a uh, talk on, I don't remember the contents at all, but I'm pretty sure it was general Buddhism, quote unquote. Uh, and it was probably something about Shakyamuni's teachings, and it just clicked. Hmm. Uh, so in that sense, maybe the worked for me kind of thing is that I heard it and I was like, "Wow, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that yeah. makes that's it makes sense, and it's fascinating. It made sense in terms of how I was beginning to see the world, having gone off to college and everything, and uh, so that made me want to learn more. In it, but it wasn't. It was several years after that until I was able to begin to uh, really start studying. But that was like the first kind of light bulb moment. Uh, was hearing this general Buddhism Dharma talk. So I think about that now. Uh, when I do memorial services, uh, depending on who's in the family and who comes, uh, I will do throw in some kind of general Buddhism uh, in the hopes that, you know, maybe it'll spark something for someone else too. Yeah. Having had gone through that experience myself. Right. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So very intellectual at first, I think, because uh, it was all ideas. Uh, it wasn't so much the practice of Buddhism or anything. It was thinking about this stuff. And so my initial forays, too, several years later when I discovered used bookstores and yeah. um, all the books on Buddhism that before had been kind of hidden away from me. Uh, and then I just really just ravenously began reading and, and studying it uh, in a very intellectual way. Yeah, but it's also interesting that, that your first experience with Buddhism was this memorial service. Oh, that's true. Which I think is the thing that like no one wants to talk about in American Buddhism, right? That that, you know, there's a particular in the BCA, right? That we don't want to talk about funerals or death Mm-mm-mm-mm. so much, you know, and I, I've heard a lot of ministers say we shouldn't focus on oh, the really? funeral okay. aspect okay. Of, of Buddhism and, mm-hmm. and, and all of those things. And yet that was sort of your, I mean, I don't want to read into your own experience and, and how you interpret it or whatnot, but it's interesting to me that, that part of your experience, even though it's intellectual is also experiential mm-hmm. in terms of, of this one particular ritual that, um, I know a lot of a lot of converts that I know their first experience was through meditation, uh-huh, uh-huh, right, or through right. these other things. But you know, mm-hmm. death got you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that that in Japan certainly, uh, in Japan certainly, uh, there's an image of Buddhism as funeral Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's all that Buddhism is. Funeral Buddhism and tourism, tourist Buddhism. Uh, and that that's a potential problem, right? And when, when all Buddhism is about is funerals, yeah, then um, I think a lot of people see that as not a good thing. Uh, I think in America we've, it's, it's, we look at the funerals as uh, opportunities to hear the Dharma. So, of course, there is the funeral side of dealing, you know, with loss and grief and everything. Uh, but we do look at it in a positive way, too, of, of hearing the Dharma. And I think uh, with, you know, Sunday services and people coming to temple uh, regularly, uh, maybe we, it's not as, um, the situation isn't the same as in Japan. But, but yeah, I can, that's an interesting point, um, that it was a memorial service that gave me the opportunity to hear the Dharma. Right. But that's what it's for. I mean, that's amazing in a way. Yeah. Uh, and so it was good for me to, to realize that and... Uh, as a minister and to, to try and remember that in my own ministry. Yeah. How about yourself? Myself. That's only, I'm not done, <laughs> but I figure I'd take a little break. I don't want to monopolize all the time. <laughs> um, well, it sounds like our, our initial in, uh, experiences were similar. Um, uh, I grew up with a, a single mother household and we were also very religious, never went to church. Um, but uh, our mom was very clear about um, giving us the opportunity to choose um, religious past. Like we had conversations with her about God. Cause a lot of our friends went to church. Um, and she said, well, I never wanted to take you to church because I wanted you to choose what spirituality works for you and whether or not you believe in those kinds of things, which I thought was very interesting. But mm-hmm. when you're a little kid is terrifying. <laughs> um, but when I was, uh, I dropped out of high school mm-hmm. and, uh, went to community college what should have been my senior year of high school. Um, they let you in? They, yeah, in community college, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> if you have a, a high school equivalency. Okay, okay. You, you can go that. to community okay, college. Okay, you got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I thought you didn't get that, and you're just like, Shh, I'm not finishing this high school thing. I'm going right to college. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Only I did the paperwork. <laughs> right, okay. So you got the paperwork. Okay. I followed the bureaucracy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, in my, that first semester, I took a, a, a history class that was supposed to be on the Vietnam War era, mm-hmm. um, and... Ended up dropping out of the class for other reasons, but um, in the very first week or two, the the teacher, she gave this lecture on sort of Vietnamese culture, um, and one of them was about Buddhism. Oh, wow, neat. Um, And it was a similar experience. Yours was very general, very basic, and all I remember was um, the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. Okay. And, you know, hearing that life is suffering, I mean, I was, you know, an angry 17-year-old kid, right? Like, of course life is suffering. (laughs) (laughs) But also the the idea that there's these eight things you can do to make your life better was uh, immediately appealing to me. Mm-hmm. And so, like you were saying, when you went to the memorial service, something just sort of clicked. It was like, oh, I need to know more about that. Mm-hmm. I need to look into that. Okay. So that was my first experience. Okay. Also very intellectual. Mm-hmm. Well, I forgot. It was actually um, myself, too, after uh, that, that hearing the Dharma talk, and I went to Japan the following that was in the uh, the winter i think of 1990 and that fall i did a study abroad program in japan and ended up taking a class intro on buddhism so similarly you know i i um just got this very general buddhist kind of introduction uh and i i found some of the papers that i wrote like the final exam papers <laughs> it was really interesting to like see you know what i was thinking at that time and uh, actually wrote a newsletter article about that. And um, so, so yeah, I forgot that. And that was still very intellectual, though, too, right? This right. class. And we actually did go to Nishi Honganji. The class went to um, Honzan. And so that was another kind of, to me, reinforcement of 
uh, the connection with Jodo Shinshu, mm. uh, although I didn't like fully embrace that until later. So I was able to experience somewhat of the practice of it to a certain extent, but at the same time, yeah, it was still uh, more ideas, right. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, that's the important thing for me is, is realizing that, you know, uh, every time is an opportunity, right? For every time I speak, I'm giving, um, I'm making it possible that maybe someone will um, hear something here that, that clicks with them. Right, right. That makes sense, or whatever it makes them want to learn more, uh, and so it's a big responsibility in a way too. Uh, yeah, I, we take this very seriously. Yeah, <laughs> as you can tell from the lack of laughter in our podcast, <laughs> and how boring and dry they are. <laughs> well, I, I we joke, <laughs> yeah, we but did. I actually do kind of take this seriously. I know that um, there's, I, I've I've read things that say you know that there's, you know, good karma and bad karma and all that kind of stuff. And one of the best sort of karmic things you can do is spread the teachings, Mm -hmm, spread mm -hmm, the Dharma. Um, mm -hmm. And even though this is our particular take, even though we might be wrong or, you know, we're not, not, we're certainly not elevating ourselves to the level of, you know, enlightened beings or whatnot. I think that we're still talking about the Buddha, Mm -hmm. talking about the Dharma and that's helping to spread the teachings. And I think that's a a pretty big responsibility since we have listeners all over the world now. Really? Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's the miracle of the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the amazing thing, huh? You were talking before about, um, I think we mentioned it last time, but uh, the difficulty of talking about American Buddhism, and maybe it's not appropriate anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's my shtick. Global Buddhism. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mentioned that a little bit this past weekend. Oh. I'm talking about interdependence. And my how, ideas are spreading. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. <laughs> well, I said, the person I do my podcast with, Scott, and I saw people like nodding their heads in the in the congregation. I was like, oh, cool, they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Our plan is working. <laughs> no, 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 take it seriously. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Forget the thing I said about the plan. There's no plan. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> I think that for, for me, uh, we were talking about the sort of beginnings of our interest was being very mm-hmm. intellectual. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was very much true for me through college. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, you know, I, I grew up in LA and then I moved up to Humboldt County and Humboldt, at the, you know, there's not much going on up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was almost nothing going on up there as far as Buddhism was concerned mm-hmm. when I lived there. So mm-hmm. um, my whole experience of Buddhism there was only through books. Right. It was the only exposure I had to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved to San Francisco and, and finished college for a couple of years, I sort of wandered around and would try different kinds of Buddhism, you know, went to the Zen center and did other kinds of things, but nothing really clicked. Mm-hmm. Like each time I would go to some community, it was always be like, eh, I don't quite fit in here. And mm-hmm. plus I, I'm really bad at meditation. And a lot of them were very meditation focused and, and, you know, or, or there were different, uh, I would disagree with interpretations of the Dharma or particular moral points of view and that kind of thing. So I, I dabbled a lot, but okay. so for a long time it was very intellectual mm-hmm. for me. Similar with me, that after taking that class and coming back to America, uh, I, where I, I was in Massachusetts, and so I didn't encounter uh, any op- many more opportunities uh, to, to study Buddhism. There was nobody really teaching that at the school I was at, uh, and I didn't really go in to like trying to find any communities or anything. Uh, so it was very much, I went from 
being in Japan for a semester and, you know, taking this great class and everything. And then coming back and it was like the, the, the well ran dry for, for several years, a couple of years at least, uh, where I felt like, uh, it was, uh, I didn't have uh, much opportunity. And I began buying books. I think by like senior year of college, I was reading, trying to read the Lotus Sutra and I had a friend who was really into Tibetan Buddhism. Um, so it was happening, but it was hard too, because I think that's, the, that's one of the difficulties. And one of the earlier questions we had about what can you do to, to uh, practice as someone who's not in an area where a community is accessible. And thinking back on that, it was hard. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's hard to, to um, only do it by yourself. And you're not really sure what you're doing. And are you, do you really get it? Or, yeah. Right? yeah. And, so. and it's also hard to break into a community. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I went to several different places and, you know, and it was always weird for me because I always had this impression that Buddhists were open minded and, you know, friendly and, you know, all those sort of stereotypes you can have about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about Buddhism. And then I would go to these communities and, you know, be this very serious attitude and, you know, very hard to like walk up to somebody. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, a lot of temples don't really have like a, a way to welcome people. Right. right. I've noticed that motion temples I've been to are really good about there's somebody, you know, in the Honda who's looking for visitors the greeters. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. and will find you and make you introduce yourselves, right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> which can be terrifying. But it's actually, to me, it's like, it's actually very, very welcoming, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, given my experience of going to these other temples and, or communities and being basically ignored, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I, I don't know is maybe that's a reaction to the whole not wanting to force Buddhism on people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, so it's right, like that, that, right, right. Opposite, sort because of the uh, pendulum swings too far yeah, in the direction, yeah, right? Yeah. So I don't know. No, that's interesting. That's a really good point. Um, my temple didn't have greeters when I started, and then we realized I think we need to start this. So, yeah. so um, now we have greeters, and we're trying to get people every um, weekend, you know, to at least just make contact and uh, sit with them during the service, and right. uh, so that because sometimes if you don't do that, they I think, and I would do the same thing. They leave right at the end. And yeah, you think, oh, yeah. we got to get someone to talk to. Where'd they go? They're already gone. <laughs> I'm surprised how quick people can leave, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, but we've been getting better about that and having, you know. Yeah, you got to find the right balance. Out. You know, like you yeah. said, the pendulum, right? You don't want to, like, scare people off. I'm right. saying, hello, come yeah, yeah, join yeah, our temple. Yeah. <laughs> but you also don't want to just totally ignore people. So you got to find that middle, Yeah, yeah. you know, that middle ground. Yeah, we're working on that. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. That's really interesting. So, uh, so how did, so you found Jodo Shinshu like from the beginning? Yeah, it was, you know, having gone to a BCA temple for that thing. And then the person I studied with in Japan, uh, was, uh, studying BCA, <laughs> Donald Tuck. <laughs> oh, and you, he's got that book um, oh, yeah, that we had down yeah. in the IBS library about, um, BCA. Yeah. And yeah, I studied with him. He was my, uh, Buddhism teacher for a semester. And so because he was studying BCA, he was going to Nishihonganji. He was talking to uh, people who were American but were like working as Kaikyoshi, or not Kaikyoshi, as Jushoku, as like t- resident ministers in temple in um, Kyoto. Hmm. So I got to meet people. So that was that kind of initial connection. And then when I started reading, I would read about Zen, Tibetan, whatever. Right. Oh, I also, at the end of that trip, uh, I went in a store in this uh, kind of artsy kind of town called Shimokitazawa. And I went in this bookstore and they had these postcards of the Tankas that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. the Tibetan Tonkas by a Japanese artist. And uh, that was big too. Those, that was like what I kind of got to take back with me. Um, because, you know, even though I, I uh, 
was able to meet some ministers and go to Nishihonganji. I didn't, I remember going to a, a, a Dharma meeting. It, it was Yoshikawa Sensei. Um, he's passed away, but uh, he had had an English service once a month. And I went and I, I knew something about Namu Amida Butsu, that that's what people said. But when we would do the service, I heard all this Namanda, Namanda, Namanda. And I was like, what are they saying? Well, I, I didn't get it. And I may or may not have asked. I don't remember, but I remember just feeling unsettled. So it's what's going on here? Like it was confusing. And so I think that when I left at that time, Jodo Shinshu was still kind of confusing and uh, foreign. But those tankas of like thousand armed kanon, uh, Amitayus was in there, um, Shakyamuni, like six or eight scenes and like the disciples, uh, Yamantaka, like I still remember, <laughs> I still have them, I think. And those were huge. I put them up on my door and I like had these pictures of bodhisattvas and buddhas. And that was really, really important for me. Um, so, so that was, um, that's always been there, that kind of appreciation of the Tibetan style, um, of these incredible Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Yeah. Hmm. But then, uh, the funny thing is my friend's mom gave me some Pacific world. <laughs> she gave me all these books, like a biography of DT Suzuki and, a, um, uh, introduction to Buddhism by like Beatrice Suzuki, his wife, I think, and, uh, maybe a Christmas Humphreys or something, kind of the classic old-fashioned kind of books on Buddhism. But she also gave me issues of Pacific World that she had sitting around. That's the IBS journal, right? Those old orange yeah, or yeah. kind of reddish-orange cover books. And a few years after I got back, four or five years after I got back from Japan, I pulled one of those out and read the ad for IBS. <laughs> and it said, we are a graduate school for studying Buddhism. Yeah. And I'd been reading voraciously about Buddhism and like another light bulb went off. That's what grad school is for. I never right, knew. Right. Why did all my friends go to grad school? I couldn't get it. I wanted to, I was, <laughs> I graduated from college. I was done. Yeah. I was so happy to be out of college because I wasn't studying. I didn't know what I was doing during college. I was playing in a band. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and then reading that we were at graduate school for studying Buddhism. I thought, That's what grad school is for us to study what you're interested in. Well, I'm totally interested in Buddhism. So I want to go to grad school for Buddhism. And then I kept reading and said, we are also a training seminary for ministers for the Buddhist churches of America. And I thought, that's what I want to do. Another light bulb. <laughs> that I don't want to be an academic. I want to practice this stuff. Right. I want to do it as part of the tradition, uh, not as an outsider looking in. Um, so that was the, the real uh, pivotal moment, I think, when just, it was almost like a physical shift inside me when like my life just totally took a, uh, uh, 180 degree turn, 360 degrees. I don't know. I was spinning all over the place. 180. 180, let's say, or 165. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't going backwards, right? I was like going in a totally different direction. Right. Um, 90? 90 degrees. Yeah, let's say 90. <laughs> right, le- right turn, left turn. <laughs> Those directional metaphors always mess me up. Um, yeah, so it was like, wow. And by then I'd been practicing though. By uh-huh. then I'd been reading about Buddhism, uh, but trying to incorporate it into my life, which was Starbucks. <laughs> Working at Starbucks was like perfect right, for right. being Buddhist because you're dealing with irritated. I that you worked for Starbucks yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> irritated. That's kind of funny, huh? Actually, we have a lot of parallels, huh? Yeah. Irritated people in the morning who want their coffee and they don't want a, any hassle, yeah. right? And so you're dealing with a lot of emotions and everything. So Buddhism, um, my limited understanding of it, got me to think about being calm, Right. And um, trying not to be judgmental and uh, 
so yeah, so that, that so I was already practicing when I read the IBS thing, and then I thought, well, okay, yeah, 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 I'm ready to go. This is my out of Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kept working there for another year to get ready to come to Berkeley, but yeah. Huh. Well, I kept working at Starbucks my first two years at grad school at IBS. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which Starbucks did you work too. in? In the city, in the San Francisco. Oh, okay, okay. Were you living over there? Or were you going over there to work? Going over there to work. I had a friend who I had met before I started grad school who was a manager, and so okay, okay. it made working there much easier because he way would to let me it. get away with murder, really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the way but to do it. But then he got fired, and then I was like, well, I got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> a manager can make or break a store, I think. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we do have lots of, of parallels in our experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also funny because... The IBS, I came to the IBS totally by accident. Because uh-huh. <laughs> after I got out of college, I was sort of I had quit Starbucks and kind of was bumming around different jobs, and then had a, sim- a similar experience of like, oh, I really want to teach. Mm-hmm. That's what I really want to do with my life. Wow, is okay. I want to teach, and I was interested in philosophy and religion, and <clears throat> um, realized, oh, well, to, to teach what I have to do, I have to go to grad school. So. I started looking at grad schools and, and I was interested in like the Naropa Institute because mm-hmm. they're, you know, the big Buddhist people in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went back to my Buddhist studies professor at SF state to get a letter, a letter of recommendation. And he said, Oh, you should check out the GTU, mm. the graduate theological union. Mm-hmm. They have, um, you know, you can do lots of stuff there and there's this, this place where you can study Buddhism and he meant Pacific school of religion is oh. what he meant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but he didn't. He was really unclear about that, or I just misunderstood him or something. Well, yeah, GTU is very confusing. Yeah, GTU is very confusing. <laughs> he was probably very clear, but you can have it declared, clearly explained to you, and you're like, I don't get it until yeah. you actually come here. Right? You're right. So I went to the GTU website, and this was, you know, in 98 or something. So, you you know, remember the web 10 years ago. They right? had that back then? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which was also very confusing. Yeah. And I just saw that, you know, you could get a degree in Buddhist studies at the GTU through the Institute of Buddhist Studies. And I just assumed that's what he meant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I assumed he meant the IBS, but he didn't. Ah. And so I signed up for the IBS, not even aware of what it was. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And you got in and just came? I got in, yeah. You didn't like interview with somebody or or, or check it out or anything? I think I came came to like um, like a intro kind of thing at the GTU, but it was mm-hmm. very general for the GTU. It wasn't okay, okay. like for the IBS particular maybe, or anything. So. Wow, that's yeah. fascinating. Totally like by luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was there at the time, huh? Yeah. I must yeah. have been studying there. It's and, it's yeah. you know, you're my you are one of the my uh one of one of the reasons I got into Shin Buddhism. It's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> my plan worked. No. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. When did you come? What, 898? No, I started in the fall of 2000. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, right after you had finished the master's program. Okay, okay. In that, in that period of your life. Yes, that <laughs> dark period of my life. <laughs> but, I, but I remember going to the orientation that year mm-hmm. um, and going to the, the dorm, the IBS dorm up on Haste or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yep. Um, Haste College. And feeling really, really welcomed. Oh, wow. By everybody who was there. Um, and totally surprised that all of these Buddhists were normal people. <laughs> we fooled you. <laughs> wow, that's interesting, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh. normal compared to the experience I had had going right. to these other temples or communities where there seemed like to be this sort of almost like self-righteous, you know, uh, 
you know, forced sincerity or forced mm-hmm. spirituality. You know, it, it's it, uh, it's almost insincere. I don't want to single anybody out, but I just felt mm-hmm. very out of place, like I was saying before in this other context of, you know, Buddhists being these sort of like very self-satisfied or whatever, very full of themselves almost, mm-hmm. you know, and then going to this Shin community and being like, oh, Buddhists can be normal. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm not very, sure how he pulled that one off. very but. reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> but that is part of the Shin teaching, right? Is to be yourself. Right. Um, you don't have to be a certain way. Uh, you don't have to act a certain way. Uh, and, and, the, yeah. I think, and then lear, later learning more about the, the, the story of Shinran and, you know, here's this guy who lived Buddhism in his life, right? Who mm-hmm. left the, the sort of hierarchy of the monastery and got married and had children and sort of like lived this quote-unquote normal life. And yet was still a very good Buddhist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it was very appealing to me. It was one of the things that attracted me to, mm-hmm. to Shin Buddhism. And just the, it, it brings to mind, um, there's a passage from uh, Shan Dao, who's one of the Chinese masters. He says, um, outwardly we're, we're like, uh, or inwardly we are sincere, right? And yet outwardly we, we, um, we show our insincerity and we're like um, snakes and scorpions. But Shinran turns it around where uh, he says, outwardly, I make a show of being sincere and good, but inwardly, I'm like snakes and scorpions and this poison, <laughs> right? So just this, yeah, yeah. that um, there's no point in trying to make this show of how great you are, or how sincere you are, or what a good Buddhist you are, or whatever. Um, that's missing the point, right? So Shinshu has this whole thing of naturalness and, and being yourself and... Uh, it's not that you indulge in that, right? But, but yeah, the, yeah. that that's part of the path is to see yourself, to be yourself, right? Um, and not to to think that there's some show that you have to be putting on. Yeah, and I think that that part of that for me has always been being yourself and knowing your limitations, which mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think sometimes can be, particularly in the Western context, be misconstrued as like negative or self-deprecating or overly self-critical. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know that I am this horrible person, right? And there's lots of phrases like that in, right, right, right. in, in Shinran's writings too, right? Of these, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a foolish, deluded being, which can be sort of off-putting. But to me, mm-hmm. that's always very uh, humbling and reassuring because it's true, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we do have these sort of limitations and being aware of that and honest of that to me has always been very liberating, really. It's like, oh, okay, I can still be a good Buddhist and like screw up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Majorly yeah. on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can still be, um, I can still be on a path and not feel, you know, hopeless or whatever. And, and then, of course, there's that whole being embraced by the power of the vow and all of those things, which is mm-hmm. the other part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, wow, this was great. Um, we've kind of reached the end of our time for this episode. Uh, but I think that we will come back in a couple of weeks and address some more of these uh, questions that were given to us, which are, are nice because uh, they they allow us to kind of go where we want to go, uh, which I think has been part of their, the style that we've kind of developed in these podcasts. So thank you. I never mentioned it's George uh, who sent in the questions. Uh, so we'll get to some more of your questions, George. Thank you very much. Uh, and this will conclude our podcast for this week. Thank mm-hmm. you.